Hi and welcome to Simply Healing. It's a series of free downloads that we made to help people with their prayer lives. So this is download number three entitled Preach and Heal the New Testament Way. Hi, hi again. Nice to uh, be with you on these uh, little talks of mine. Uh, this one uh, is about um, the New Testament way in which uh, the sick got healed. It's slightly different than the modern way the healing ministry tends to do things. Uh, but the Simply Healing talks are, are designed to try and persuade people like you and me to actually do it the New Testament way, the way that Jesus taught it, because then we can do it the New Testament way, you do it with New Testament expectations, and you start getting uh, results, in inverted commas, if you forgive the use of the word, in New Testament proportions, which is uh, very, very exciting. Yeah? Um, I I went to a meeting uh, last night with uh, a a group of... um, prayers who, who work and hold healing services and minister together uh, and they said would I uh, show them actually show them the way that Jesus did it um, and demonstrate it to them and I, I said yes because Jesus was standing next to me so that's okay and um, three people stood up uh, the first one actually didn't stand up, well she did she tried to but she's bent over double with um, spine problems um, the second one had uh, awful problems with the, uh, nerves in the back of her neck which were resulting in twitches and pains and aches and so on and the third one had chronic uh, very strange sort of pins and needles in, in one leg it's had for months non-stop and uh, all three got uh, received very significant um, improvements in their condition one after the other and then I sat down and had a cup of tea and that is how it should be isn't it really if you think in New Testament terms that's how it should be so how does it work what did I do well Jesus is always going on and on I'm sure I said this before about faith now your faith has healed you be it done to you according to your faith um if you have faith and do not doubt, uh, you can move mountains. Um, the way to do the works that Christ has intended for you is to believe in him who God has sent. Um, ye, of, ye, ye, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And so on. Faith often comes into this. Why couldn't we heal him, Lord? Well, you don't have enough faith. Um, by faith, uh, I, I don't like to use that term myself because it means all sorts of connotations to it and things. So I use the word expectancy. You know. Do you actually expect it to happen when you're, you're doing it? Now, faith is something which, therefore, if it's such a vital role in healing, 
Our job as Christians actually is not to know a trick of how to prize God off his cloud to do something for us. Our job is actually to raise the expectancy of the individual concerned. If you can raise their expectation, raise their faith level, in other words, then the kingdom of God comes near to them and the kingdom of God gets into them and their diseases or whatever. And, and so it is that it happens regularly and consistently as it did with Jesus. No difference. Now, the question is, how are we going to get to raise people's faith? That's the job. How do you do it? Now, the answer is proclamation. In a nutshell, that's the answer. So the first piece of scripture I'd, I'd like Richard to read to us is 1 Corinthians 1.18. Uh, this tells you what it is we have to proclaim which is the message of the cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And the second piece I would ask you, Richard, to read is Romans 10.17, which tells you exactly how our faith levels come up. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So our faith levels come up by hearing. So if we, this is very simple stuff this, if we need people to hear, we've got to know something to proclaim. Um, yeah? We have to get something in through their ears. That's obviously, we jack up faith levels. The Holy Spirit can then breathe a sigh of relief and say, oh, wonderful, at last now I can get in and continue the work of Christ in restoring the world. Now, if we look at the New Testament, we will see that, interestingly, the words um, preach and teach very often come together. Oh, I suppose you and I would think of preaching as something that the minister does standing up in the pulpit on a Sunday morning, but it's not necessarily so. Um, I just want to explain, make an observation to you. I don't think this is a scriptural law. It's an observation that I made. Um, that if you uh, uh, look through the uh, Gospels, Acts of the Apostles particularly, you will see that the words teach and preach often come together. Teach and preach. And I always used to think that they were, you know, just a different way of saying the same thing, really, until somebody pointed out to me that the Holy Spirit doesn't actually waste words in Scripture, and that preaching and teaching might actually be two different occupations and so I began to look a bit deeper at this and found that um, where the word teaching occurs the subject is not usually given to us um, and yet when the word preaching occurs almost always the subject is uh, when the word teaching occurs, rarely do we get told by the Holy Spirit. Almost as if the Holy Spirit is saying it doesn't really matter, you know, uh, at this point in, in, in terms of what we're trying to do. And But if you look, you'll see that it does sometimes happen. Um, you know, the brothers came in and told all the Christians that to be proper Christians have to be circumcised and teachings like that, yeah? But it's rare. Um, really, it's the preaching that that always I think almost without exception I'm, I'm sure there is one but I can't think off the top of my head where it is that in most cases the subject is actually given the subject is always the same 
Isn't that interesting? The subject is always the same. And the subject, it has different, you know, titles to it, the talks, but basically it's all the same information. It's the good news of the cross. It's the Christ and him crucified. Uh, they proclaimed the kingdom of God. Um, they proclaimed the Christ, that's to say, Jesus is risen and so on. Yeah? But when you set that against the uh, understanding that in those days, the very, very, of, of the Acts of the Apostles, those early Christians didn't have the scriptures to study every day. Those early Christians didn't go on counselling courses. You know? <laughs> uh, what they had, the Old Testament, of course they did, uh, but they had two very, very precious things at the centre of their ministry to the world, which I don't know if the church does these days. One is atonement, um, that is to say, at one yes? That is to say, the unity between God and mankind now. And the other is that Jesus is alive. So they preached the message of the cross, that God and man are now one. And they preach that Jesus is alive. So there's the first interesting point. There is a difference between teaching and preaching. And the reason why I point that out here is that the real fun starts when you read the Acts of the Apostles and see, or Jesus in fact, and you see that it is when they're preaching that people start getting healed in droves. It's when they're preaching the good news, the message of the cross in the Acts of the Apostles, that is when people start getting healed by the thousand in Jesus' case. Yeah? And by the hundred, certainly in Peter's case, and Stephen and Philip and so on. Yeah? It's when they are preaching that these things... So it's important, if we preach, what we do is we're speaking out the message of the cross. The message of the cross gets into people's ears, it jacks up expectation, as far as those people will let it, yes? It jacks up the expectation, and miracles then begin to occur all over the place. And that's exactly the way that kingdom healing works today. Um, that's the way we do it in our ministry, and to get, you know, three out of three, six out of six, is, is uh, having significant improvement of conditions is, is very usual for us. Very exciting to see things happen in New Testament uh, way. So the message that I need to get to you uh, in this um, session in, in Simply Healing series is to say, whenever you come to minister, you, we must find some way of preaching, of proclaiming the good news. Yeah? Because actually, you know, seriously, as a Christian, you're not so much paid to, you know, knock arthritis out of people or cancer, whatever. What you're really paid to do, we all are, is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God is near, the cross, and, and so on. Yeah? That's really the main job. Now, make sure that you do that. You find a way of doing that every single time you pray with somebody. You must do it. Um, without that you will see almost nothing with that you will start to see miracles all over the place yeah so please 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 find some way to proclaim the message of the cross yeah 
Faith comes by hearing, up goes the faith, in comes the Holy Spirit, out go the miracles. Okay, it's wonderful stuff. Now there are three strategies you can pick from uh, in order to do this. The first one is a strategy I call creation to revelation. Now, this is what you can speak this out in a pulpit, if you like. You can speak it out in somebody's bedside. Yes, you can speak it out in a ministry time with an individual person or with a whole group of people. It doesn't matter. Yeah, speak it out. Now that is this. Something I've often said before. When Jesus built the world, he built Eden. Now, don't get taffled up with worry about whether this is scientifically true, whether it isn't. It's a blueprint. Yes? Look into the Garden of Eden. You will not find any arthritis. You will not find any cancer. You will not find any depression. You will not find any bad relationships. Yes? You will not find any... Oh, hearing loss, you will not find any muscle pain, you, you will not find broken and busted bones, yeah, that won't heal and so on. You will not find these things because they aren't there, and the reason they're not there is because they are not of God and they are not required by God. God created the universe without anything like that at all, stood back, looked at it and said, this is very good. You can quite determine for yourself that God does not like debilities of any kind whatsoever, does not require them to be, and they are not in the kingdom of God. Yeah? They lived like that. They had a lovely relationship with God. But they sinned, they were disobedient, they were told not to do something, and they did it. As a result of which, they had to come away. And I'm very sad to say that the, the moment that they gave in to temptation is what we call the fall. And they got booted out, because you can't have sin and heaven in the same place. So they began to live in the world. Now, separately from that, what I need you to click on to is that uh, the Garden of Eden, the Promised Land, Heaven on Earth, the Kingdom of God, um, the Kingdom of Heaven, these things are all actually the same place. Yeah? It, it is the place where Jesus rules, where his will is paramount. That is the kingdom of God. So the sick being healed is a major sign that the, he the kingdom of God is progressing back again. Yes? Okay. Now, isn't it funny, therefore, and obvious to you? I mean, somewhere down the line, God has always been wanting to get us back up the road, through the gate. Oh, I don't think Scripture says Eden has a gate. Never mind. He gets us back in to that condition, what I call the Eden state, yeah, the Eden condition. So they sent the, he sent the law to Moses, but we weren't terribly good at that, so, you know, that became a curse in the end. Then he sent 
you know, the law says basically, if you live like this, then you'll be blessed. And if you live like that, you'll be cursed. And we couldn't do it. Um, then he said the prophets, I know they all came at, you know, different history points and so on. But basically, they're all saying the same thing. Turn around, come back, turn around, come back, turn around, come back. Yeah? And we didn't listen. We chop them up, saw them in half, that sort of thing. So in the end, God came himself in the form of Jesus. Uh, and if you noticed, he only actually did one thing uh, up until his trial. He only did one thing. He proclaimed the kingdom and he healed the sick. He taught us how to live in the kingdom and he healed the sick. Hmm? Things like the Sermon of Mount are really only statements about how you live in the kingdom. And he healed the sick. Why did he heal the sick? I mean, why didn't he teach us skateboarding or Italian cooking? I mean, the reason why he chose to do healing miracles and have a, such a vibrant healing ministry is because that's the purposes of God, to try and restore the damage we've done to ourselves and the world through the fall. That's what miracles are. They are God's intervention to restore creation to its original designed state. Yeah? So there we are. Um, so Jesus did that. Now when Jesus was training his apostles and the disciples, what did he tell them to do? Proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He didn't say proclaim the, healing, the kingdom of God and if you come across some sick people, uh, email me and I'll get over there as fast as I can, try and do something for you. He said, you do it. It's a bit of scripture that a lot of Christians struggle very hard with. Yeah? Kingdom of God heal the sick yeah now then we can move on from there and say that when Jesus uh, uh, died the curtain in two was torn from top to bottom and we'll talk about that in a minute yes uh, but that and then at Pentecost the Holy Spirit was sent into the church so now we can all of us have a foretaste of what is to come and what is to come Answer in the book of Revelation, when the new Jerusalem comes down, when Jesus comes and finally returns. It's very clear in what it says, there will be no more sickness and no more tears. Isn't that wonderful? So then we shall have, you know, I mean like no more arthritis anyway, so there's no need to learn how to pray about it. No more cancer, no more bad relationships. We will be returned to the original blueprint state that we had in Eden. I think that's very exciting. It's very something to look forward to. But it's worth telling people that, in your own words, in order to underline to them that the main purposes of God are to restore creation as he originally intended it to be. That is the main purpose of God, and to do it through Jesus. Yeah, The cross being the great opening which means now we can get on with it and see heaven restored in people's lives. The other thing, the other strategy we have is to teach them the character of Jesus. Um, one of these uh, messages was actually about mental models and, and that's the one to have a look at and try and you know, climb your way through it, I think, because we do have very appalling sometimes mental models of, of Jesus. I remember one gorgeous old lady, she's called the glory, now I loved her ever so much, she said, 
Uh, I don't know why people go on about Jesus all the time. All he did was steal from the rich and give to the poor, which, of course, is the legend of that old English hero, Robin Hood, who rode around in a forest and shot arrows at people. Yeah. Uh, Um, it's it's mental modelling is very difficult uh, to 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 uh, the battle we have to fight. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but the character of Jesus is you should learn how to defend these things. Jesus never, you see, refused anybody. Never. Um, Jesus never tried his best. He succeeded. Jesus never told anybody to wait. Jesus never told anybody that he had purposes for them in their sickness, you know. A lot of people get confused about this. They think that Jesus has, um, you know, allows me to be sick for a purpose. And they confuse that because, you, you know, there's no doubt that Jesus is very creative and can make wonderful things out of anything. So, of course, if you go along with your arthritis and you say, Jesus, can you make something out of that? He's probably going to give you a wonderful ministry, Yeah. A lot of Christians even assume that means they've got a ministry to people with arthritis. I don't know how they make that connection. Um, but actually, Jesus just said yes. You know? Jesus says he never did anything. Jesus actually healed everybody who came to him with a mustard seed of expectancy. Tiny bit, isn't it? And he also said that he never did anything he didn't see the father doing so you you can assume very simply from that whatever your experiences are scripturally yeah which is our authority in these things jesus only ever did what he saw the father doing and healed everybody who came to him with the mustard seed expectancy therefore it must be god's nature to heal to want to heal everybody yes who comes to jesus Okay? And the way we do it, this is the forgotten bit. The way we do it is not whine at Jesus on a cloud somewhere and say, get out of here, will you please, Lord, right? The way to do it is to proclaim. And we have strategy one, which is to proclaim uh, the purposes of God, which I've just spoken about. Yeah. Strategy two is to proclaim the cross, the message of the cross. So strategy one is to proclaim the purposes of God in creation, as simply as I've just done it to you. Strategy two is to proclaim the character of Jesus, because it might not be what people think it is. Strategy three is to proclaim the work of the cross in healing terms. Now that that's fairly simple to understand, if I can make some connections for you yeah you see um the cross when when in the moment that jesus died at that instant the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom and you and i both know that means we have access to the throne of grace but what i want to tell you is that in front of the throne of grace is in fact a um a lake which looks like it's made out of crystal because it's so clear, and that's grace. And what happened effectively when the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom uh, in the temple is, is that a great hole was punched in, in the, the dividing wall between heaven and earth. And that lake effectively has burst its banks, and there is a river which um, 
whose streams make glad the city of God where the Most High dwells. That's Psalm 46.4. There's a river that flows down the middle of the street, underneath the tree with the leaves for the healing of the nations. And it flows back through that torn curtain into the world. Um, (coughs) And all over us. And it's flowing all the time. And it is our expectancy that opens us up to receive it. So the answer is no, the question should never be, but why did Jesus heal that and do that? uh, Not that one. The the question should always be to us, why why didn't we, how, how have we failed to help that person to open up to receive what is already being poured out of him? Okay. So, I think of the cross as a sort of the opposite way to what we normally do, yeah? Um, and you'll get it. it it's Because the, the curtain in the temple, yes, of course, it means you and I can walk through into the presence of God, but it also means that the presence of God can walk through into you. In fact, if you read the scriptures, it initially came through with such tsunami force, it blew a lot of Christians out of their graves. <coughs> it was quite an impressive um, strength to that. So those are the three strategies that you have. But you must make sure that, that you do that when you are praying with people. If somebody comes and says, oh, i got a bad knee, please, Lord, would you come and help this person with a bad knee? That doesn't crack it, okay? What actually Christians are supposed to do is proclaim the good news. And I've given you three strategies for doing that, yeah? Then you come to pray. And the way I recommend everybody to pray is actually not please at all. Please is a bad word in the kingdom, yeah, when you come to healing the sick and working miracles, yeah. The right word is thank you. Now, I get that from Psalm 50, verse 23. He who sacrifices thank offerings honours me, and he prepares the way, so that I may show him the salvation of God. Now that verse clearly says that thank offerings, in other words, saying thank you, honours God. Well, it does, doesn't it? If I gave you a coffee mug for Christmas, you wouldn't look at the bottom and say, oh, thank you, Tokyo, would you? You'd say, thank you, Mike. Yeah? It honours God and enables, you know, it, 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 what it does is it, it makes ready the way for God to show us his salvation. What is salvation? It's what happened on the cross. Yeah, It's not just it means you go to heaven when you die as a Christian. What it means is that God's grace can now flow freely into the world because all the barriers between you and me and God are all gone. There is now at one Yeah. So do it by thanksgiving. Also, if you think about it, of course, thanksgiving is actually proclamation. You're doing it again, aren't you? So... I think this would be a good time for me to have a little pray and, you know, what I'm actually going to do is to worship God. Now, if you want to imagine me praying with you at this point, that's fine. If you want to imagine just watching me praying with a supplicant, that's fine, yeah? But actually, all I'm doing is I'm just going to thank the Lord for what he is and for what he has done, okay? So we bless you and thank you, Father, for Jesus. 
And you can learn these prayers if you like and copy them because actually that's the way it works. If, if you learn them and learn them and learn them by heart and then that will free you to stop worrying about what you're saying and let think about what you're saying. Yeah? Thank you, Father. <coughs> Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you that he has taken all our pain and carried all our sickness and that by his wounds we are healed. Thank you that he's carried all our griefs, all our sorrows, and that it is by his wounds that we are healed. Thank you for grace. Thank you that before the cross only a few were healed. But thank you for the cross of Jesus has got out of the way anything that could come between me and you. And now there is nothing, absolutely nothing in this world that could come between me and God. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. He's taken all our pain, carried all our sickness, and it is by his wounds that we get healed. Because in the moment of his death, Father, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Because in front of your throne in heaven is a bottomless sea, a clear sea of grace. Because of what Jesus has done, the banks of that grace river lake blew open and the river of your grace, your healing, restoring power flows down the middle of that street in heaven, underneath the trees with the leaves for the healing of the nations, in through that torn curtain, into this world, into this room, and all over us. Bless you for Jesus, Jesus. We proclaim you Lord and King and Saviour. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. And we know what your will is, because you always said yes to those who came to you for healing. Bless you, Jesus. You never said no. You never turned anybody away. We know your will. Your will be done here. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed this river to Ezekiel the prophet. The angel of the Lord took him in ankle deep, knee deep, and waist deep, and then he had to swim in it because it got so huge. And I bless you, Father, that your word says that when it flowed into the salt sea, it made everything fresh. Wow. And when it flowed into the salt sea, everything that went there lived. Such is the river of your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that when you ascended to heaven, you were given all the riches of heaven, and you're just standing on the balcony, pouring this stuff over on top of us. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. You've taken all our pain, you have carried all our diseases, and it is by your wounds that we get healed. Your wounds are the tunnels between heaven and earth, through which grace flows. Alleluia. So you see... Imagine a huge wall between heaven and earth. Imagine this side is all darkness and we're running around banging into things and scraping all the skin off our shins, banging into each other. Imagine the far side is all light. If you look up, you can see it glowing over the top. Imagine a big cross coming down and standing in front of that wall. 
Imagine that at the moment of Jesus' death that cross catapults backwards through that wall and makes a cross-shaped hole in it and through that hole pours light from heaven. Now your job, folks, our job as Christians isn't to try and get God to do anything. He's already done it. Don't say, please, Lord, would you go through the cross again and do it all for me again. I need to be healed of this headache or that toothache or that cancer. Yes? What we need to do, our job, is to take other people and stick them in the light that's coming through the hole. Stick them in the light and let them bathe in the warmth of it. Then you will begin to see miracles happening around you in New Testament proportions. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed this uh, download from Simply Healing, and we hope you enjoyed it enough to share it with a friend. If you'd like to know more about how we might help you and resource you, then please look at our website, which is www.jacobswell.org.uk. That's Jacobswell, J-A-C-O-B-S-W-E-L-L dot org, O-R-G dot U-K. And you'll also find a link there where we hope you might like to donate a little something to help with the cost of producing these things. In the meantime, till we see you again on Simply Healing Downloads, the Lord bless you and keep you safe. Amen.